Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. This week, Denise and I are bringing to you all a very special guest who's one of my good friends. Her name is Beth Whitley. She works as an intuitive consultant and a Reiki master. She started her career in the medical corporate field for over 15 years, where she was incredibly successful until the world of spirit called her to join into what Denise and I do. And so Beth is joining us today to talk about how essential oils, Reiki, and getting in touch with yourself and your own personal intuitive tools can help you become a more balanced, whole, empowered empath. So Beth, as I was saying before we hit record, it's very hard for me to introduce you because I feel like I know you so well, but I hope that sufficed. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Samantha and Denise, for having me on today. Uh, it's a real honor to kind of let this come full circle as, Samantha, you were a big part of helping me uh, step into the Reiki world out of the corporate world. Um, and about 15 years into my corporate world in the optometry field and the dental field and pediatric field, if you can wrap your brain around all that, um, I decided that if I was going to have a child and a family that it was time to get started with that. And so I took a hard right turn and um, focused really on becoming a mom and what that looked like. And boy, did that lead me down a whole different path. And having been raised in a you know, Southern Baptist environment, um, a lot of the supernatural and Reiki and how we go within and we are responsible for all of that was very new to me. And, um, but I had always been very connected with crystals. And um, my grandfather on, on my mom's side, and it kind of introduced me to those. And so I stumbled upon the crystal chick way back in the day. And which led me to the uh, Psychic Teachers podcast and opened up the door uh, back in 2007, 2008, leading into my having my child being in that independent world and what I'm being called to. And that was to be a healer and a teacher and just kind of sharing that. And so I stepped on that path um, became Reiki certified by Samantha um, all the way through to my master level in 2012 and since then I had just been uh, really trying to step into that healer teacher mode which uh, is very different than leading a corporate arena but a lot of those corporate things help me with the people that are being presented today that needs help, and that is how to go within to start your healing there. So that, in a nutshell, is the last uh, 55 years of my life. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, you know, Denise and I always say that we don't really remember a lot from our readings because they're not coming from us but through us. But I do remember the first reading I did for you because I, I got a new symbol. And I remember I was just sitting at my desk and, and I saw this clear image of the, you know, that beautiful Monet painting of the bridge over his garden. Yes. I saw that beautiful bridge 
I saw you standing in the center. And on the left, I saw all these Christian religious symbols, like a Bible and a cross. And on the right, I saw all these guides and angels. And I saw you gathering each side with your, in, in each hand. And I knew that you were going to create a bridge to help people who were raised in a traditional Christian view to see the spiritual world as not evil, not making you go to hell, that it was all inclusive. And that has since become a really important symbol for me in, in my readings. But, but I knew that you were going to do something really important with that. And it's just... Well, I think it's very important to kind of to remove the fear out of that, you know. And I think the corporate world that I did through medical eyes has helped me see religion through the corporate eyes as well. And if we can kind of take some of those barriers down and really see that it's all, we're all one, um, that it, and, and if we can just focus on the love within for ourselves and others, that it really is about love and simple. Um, it's the humanness that we put around it that makes it so complicated. Mm -hmm. That's very well stated. It is the humanness that gets in the way. Every single time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> all, all of my clients, if I could just say, okay, peel back the humanness. Mm -hmm. let's look at, you know, let's look at what we're doing on the inside here and not worry about all of those emotions and fears that we pull in from a human perspective, from a human eyes. Um, it really would help the healing go so much quicker. <laughs> Now, you have a wonderfully supportive husband, but he's oh, not yeah. into crystals and Reiki. So could you talk to people about what that was like? I mean, he married this very business-oriented, successful corporate woman, and that's not what he got 15 years down the road, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he really didn't. And uh, bless his heart, I say all the time, and we are actually celebrating our 30 anniversary the during this month and so um, it has been a very a very different path than we both started with and we both started in a different place and if you can imagine 22 years old getting married out of college and I was the accountant and he was the engineer so wrap that around 33 years later that I'm an intuitive healer with a house full of crystals. I mean, everywhere. There's crystals everywhere. There's essential oils everywhere. Um, I wear, you know, um, lots of bracelets and jewelry representing everything that I do. So I'm totally, I'm that hippie chick now that I was born to be, um, that I tried to fit into that corporate suit for a long time. Um, but intuitively, I always knew that this is where I was going, and he has been the most supportive. He will not be able to tell you what any crystal in the house is other than maybe amethyst. He could probably tell you what that is. Um, he could not tell you what any of my cards, my oracle cards, or the, he really probably couldn't tell you exactly what I do other than the fact that I do Reiki. And I help people heal with essential oils. That would be the extent. And that's all he really wants to know. And we struggled with that a little bit in the beginning because I wanted him, you know, to pour into everything I was doing just like I was. 
But then I stepped back and realized that he pours into golf, which is his outlet and his passion. He pours into his job, um, which takes him traveling a lot. And so it gives us that space to each be ourselves um, and come together uh, knowing that we're each unique. Uh, it gives me a real good basis to talk with clients about the fact that we don't all have to be alike or we don't all have to see eye to eye if we just allow space within our lives for each other to be themselves. Let there be space in your togetherness. That's what I always will tell people who email me, you know, my husband isn't on board with this or my wife doesn't understand why I'm buying crystals. I always say that's okay. They don't have to. They don't have to be totally on board with all of it. Yes, and I'm, I'm blessed that he does not, um, we were having a conversation recently about my own personal guilt, um, and this was my own self putting, you know, um, having a daughter who's just gone to college and two homes were trying to sell one and move permanently into the other, and I just said, you know, there's times when I feel guilty about just stopping what I'm doing and going for a walk in nature, going for a walk to the beach, putting my feet in the sand. And he looked at me so sincerely and said, why? I don't care what you do like that. That's about you. You do you. And, you know, so I, it was another reminder that a lot of the guilt that we, especially as women and mothers and career women that are also mothers especially, put that guilt on ourselves that we don't allow space for our own journey and our own healing and being out in nature and doing the things we love. Maybe that's a movie. Uh, maybe it's knitting. Maybe it's painting. Whatever you find joy in, if that's kind of part of our healing is that we find space to do that, allow space without guilt. So I've gotten to practice what I preach in the last week or two <laughs> and, and put it to good use, yes. <laughs> That's perfect. So tell everyone, how did you give yourself permission to follow this path then? How did you say, okay, even though my husband might not understand what I'm doing, my family of origin might not really understand this new view, I'm still going to pursue this? Well, that was not very easy. Um, it took many years of doing a lot of inner work. Uh, and I still am on that path to inner work and really finding a way to love myself enough to do what I'm here, you know, why I'm here on earth in this life is, you know, as you said in that first reading, is to teach love, guide faith, and help heal hearts. And all that kind of ties back to love. And until I loved myself enough, to allow space for me to be what my heart desired and what I was really shown in a lot of ways, um, leading an alpha group at our uh, Methodist church in Apex, showed me the leadership and how to kind of open up and allow people to find their way themselves. But again, it goes back to inner work. That led me, you know, down a, a whole path of understanding how people and community is so important that um, we kind of pull ourselves away and don't allow space for that again. 
allowing space. And so I had to work through giving myself permission to be a mom and a wife because I had been a career person for so many years. And um, it took, no lie, it probably took me four or five years in the beginning of Marco's life to step fully into giving myself permission to not be that person, but to be the healer and the intuitive and the consultant that I was born to be. I know now I was supposed to go through a lot of that for reference today. So we all know that as we learn through our chakras and we build from, you know, zero to 50 years old that we are learning along the way and are different. And so as I started to understand that about myself, it was easy to see that I was supposed to teach that and uh, then allowing myself the space to be attuned to Reiki and what that looked like and felt like and that was a whole different path than the prayers and, you know, being within the corporate church. But when I broke it down, it's really very similar. It's, you know, the Holy Spirit within the church within. The spirit of Reiki is kind of that same thing. And it's just using that inner divine energy to love ourselves and others. And so it took me a while to step into that. But when I did, and I trusted, and I let go of the control, which is, a big thing for us Tauruses to let go of. But when I did, I really have been just shown the way, uh, really trusting and having faith that, you know, when the teacher's ready, the people will attend. But then when the teacher's ready, the people will come that they're supposed to. And you just have to be trusting that that's where you're supposed to be. Well said. How did you get into essential oils? Uh, well, you know, Samantha, that kind of leads back to you too. Uh, it's interesting that my husband, my dear sweet husband, and daughter both have seasonal allergies. And during the spring and the summer, we struggled desperately uh, with them for years with sinus infections just based on you know, allergy, the ragweed and the pollen here in North Carolina that we struggle with. And so it was November of 2013, actually, that I was having him on his third round of antibiotic with a sinus infection, ear infection, about to go into the holiday season, which was typical for our family. One of the two of them, you know, for 10 years was always sick during that time. And I see this as divine uh, intervention that I was listening to a podcast on psychic teachers and you had two guest speakers that were doTERRA wellness advocates and they talked about peppermint and frankincense and lemon and I thought okay they talked about how that dealt with out I did not know how to spell doTERRA I had never used essential oils uh, did not know anything other than my medical background you know of being in corporate medical world of medicines, prescription meds, farm meds. And so I contacted the company, had this wonderful uh, girl in Wake Forest reach out to me. You know, I am one in a, a thousand with them. No one ever contacts the company and just says, hey, give me more and ends up leading a team of over 600 people now that really use doTERRA more as their health and wellness and it's just blossomed into a beautiful community that I was able to reach out, find more, have both my daughter and husband now taking all natural 
we have cut all farm meds out of both, and they were both on Zyrtec for 12 years straight. And uh, lemon, lavender, and peppermint, and uh, the purity that doTERRA has to offer where they are able to take that internally, they're able to remove Zyrtec and replace it with uh, triase. And so that has been a game changer. And I saw that as a mom thinking, wow, what I would have given at three when they were introducing Zyrtec to my toddler, that I, I had had this purity of oils that I could have rubbed on her feet and avoided that, you know, toxic, toxicity to her liver. Over time, that's what I would have chosen. And so I saw that as a way that I needed to add that tool to my toolbox to help empower women, especially young women with young children that wake up with that kid with a fever at 1 a.m., what do I do? And so that has become a big part of my practice as well. Okay, so for anyone listening to this who also doesn't know how to spell doTERRA and has never heard of essential oils, explain how putting a couple of drops of lemon on the bottom of your child's feet helps her allergies. Okay, so lemon, the combination there, lemon, lavender, and peppermint acts as your, the, the peppermint is going to open up, help oxygenate the blood system. So it's going to open up the airways. The lemon itself is going to help with that stuffiness, so the secretion part. And then the lavender is going to be that soothing, you know, when our nose is stopped up, everything gets inflamed, including our eyes. So on the bottoms of our feet, we have reflex points that associate with every organ and body part that we have. So for infants that we're not able to, you know, administer internally or for people that really just are, you know, do not want to take internal anything. So for the sinuses, the toe pads of, of our feet are that. So we would just take a drop on our finger of lavender, wipe it across the toes, Lemon, swipe it across the toes. Lavender, swipe it across the toes both sides um, because that associates with the sinuses on each side. So you hit both toes, put a pair of socks on, and you're good to go. And you can do that with essential oils and children. You're going to want to dilute it with the purity of doTERRA. You know, you are going to want to dilute because it is 100% pure. That is one thing that I can say standing behind the products with doTERRA. It is the purity, um, they guarantee that. That is one thing that doTERRA spelled, D-O-T, and then it's capital E-R-R-A. That's what it was formed 11 years ago was to create a purity that could be taken internally but also put on the feet of infants. So it's with that purity that, you know, is all from indigenous plants from around the world that we really were given as means of medicine. So it does work very fast and very efficiently through our blood system, and that just pulls straight up through to the reflex points. And it's very effective so that you can add a little bit often until you achieve those desired results that you're looking for. One of the things that I've noticed lately is there's a lot of jewelry and lockets and lava stones being used in jewelry making for people to be able to use essential oils and use aromatherapy 
on their jewelry. Can you suggest any oils or scents that would be really helpful for empaths with that may be highly sensitive to environments or that need something to help quell anxiety or because I think it's kind of cool that I have a couple of the bracelets downstairs and I use different oils on them for different things but just how personal is that the person and what would be some some kind of blanket suggestions that people that are listening might find helpful um that is a great question and that is part of as I was talking about with the crystals earlier I um, you know I have friends on my arms that I wear every day and those consist of, of crystals for certain things, but it also has the lava rocks you were talking about. And that is where I apply a lot of the, a lot of the oils for impasse. What I find is that boundaries and protection is one of the things that you are trying to create so that you're creating your space and blocking that space up so that you are creating the boundaries. So any of the oils with doTERRA, there is a specific blend called the protection blend and it is designed for our immune system. So it's to strengthen our immune system. But in reality, the individual oils that are in that are so powerful, clove, wild orange, our citrus oils are going to help help create that barrier. Again, a lot of that too is intention. So if you are, you know, using an oil for um, love, maybe geranium, someone mentioned geranium recently as one they're drawn to and that is a, an oil that I would rub over my heart, put on your lava rock, and that just helps a lot with that um, inner and outer love. So you can use your beads for protection, but it can also be on what are you working on as an empath specifically. Are you working on creating that boundary of love so you can add the geranium? Are you working on um, not taking on other people's energy? So therefore, you may want to do a stronger one like clove. And I might say clove is one of our oils that we call hot oils and cinnamon is another one. Um, those are hot oils that helps with that boundary. So if you're, if you're using those, I would not suggest rubbing that over your heart because that is going to burn and be hot <laughs> without a little dilution. Um, which is, you know, another thing with doTERRA that I always recommend, and, and doTERRA doesn't have this, these oils on the shelves because they want you to have someone specifically that can help with those, you know, help you find your oil. And, um, you know, Denise, what may work for you in terms of a boundary because we all, there's so many different types of empath. What may work for you um, may be a different oil than works for me. One of the um, reference books that I use that I highly recommend, and you can get it on Amazon, and I'll, I'll have you guys um, post it in the notes, is Emotions and Essential Oils. It's a uh, reference guide that I use in my healing work every day. Uh, and it basically gives you the oil name and the oil of. So, for instance, frankincense is the oil of truth. So, I use that a lot over the heart space and diffusing with my clients just so that they are truthful with themselves, you know, about 
what they are working on. So it gives a guide to the different types of oils. And um, so, for instance, geranium uh, is the oil of love and trust. So that is a perfect oil for over the heart. And using those, um, all joy can be used as a diffuser, per se. So as an intuitive, you use the actual science behind these or the what has been found to work for different things, but also you may suggest something different. The same, if Samantha and I are going through the same, a similar, you may suggest geranium for me and something else for her, even though we're, we're dealing with the same topic. That is exactly right. Okay. That is exactly right. Is it like crystals where, like I always tell people, look at the crystals you're drawn to because that's going to give you a message of something that you need to work on in your life. Like, for example, I love lavender. I can't get enough of lavender. But lately, I can't get enough of, va- of vanilla. And I keep putting vanilla-scented candles or vanilla-scented oil into my diffuser. And so would that tell me something that I'm needing more of in my life? Very possibly. Um, because where our body is, um, it, it tells us through our, all of our senses. So a lot of um, what we you know, the very first thing that, that goes to our, that starts all of our emotions is our smell. So if you are smelling or you're craving a smell, and, and a lot of what I, how I work with my clients is I will present three different oils to them, not really giving them any sense of what each one is for, what the oil, you know, what is the oil of, but intuitively I'll pick for them and then I let them choose from that and then what I see is it's it's so um, I just hand them the book for the one that they pick and it typically is spot on and so you have to trust that inner knowing and inner guidance that the smell is telling you what our body needs. That makes perfect sense. It does. So let's say you're going into work and you know it's going to be a difficult situation. You're an empath and you work with a ton of just difficult, negative, toxic people. Would you take clove, for example, and would you put that on your lava bead around your neck or would you recommend something else with that oil? If I were going into a, a situation like that, what I would probably try to do if I could in my workspace is diffuse that, a combination of a couple of the strong protective oils like clothes, cinnamon. Uh, On Guard is the blend with doTERRA that has all of these already mixed for you. But I would, just, I would try to diffuse that within the space. And what I would probably put on myself would be a lavender or an oil of love geranium there uh, rose rose oil is a beautiful scent so that you are within your bubble so to speak protecting yourself with love but you're creating that barrier in your workspace of the protection from others does that make sense that does that makes a lot of sense now i was rereading ted andrew's psychic protection book this week because i'm teaching about it tonight and he has this whole section in that book on essential oils and he recommends geranium and eucalyptus for psychic protection. And I thought those were different choices. I would have gone for frankincense or more or, or myrrh for psychic protection. What, what do you think about geranium and eucalyptus for psychic protection? 
Well, um, geranium itself is, as I was saying, the oil of love and trust. So I think empaths need to always understand that they really have to love themselves, love others, but then trust that barrier within them. Trust that these are people, what they're feeling is other people's energy or other people's emotions or other people's physical ailments and trust that that's their feelings and create that barrier. And um, eucalyptus is the oil of wellness. So again, it is that inner knowing and, and, and creating the boundaries as an empath that the, what's inside my bubble is my feelings and what's outside my bubble is their feelings. And so I can understand that barrier of the difference. And I think that sometimes if we just concentrate on protecting ourselves, we miss that love piece. So I think that geranium is probably very important for empaths because we tend to not love ourselves. We tend to be too concerned about what we're feeling of others instead of, you know, setting that boundary to know what it, what's my feelings and what's yours and loving each of us. Uh, I teach in my chakra balancing meditation class that, you know, you've got to love outwardly equally as you love inwardly and that balance creating in that bridge chakra of your heart and I think that goes a long way with those two oils is that wellness from within so that to me would make sense okay here's a here's a question from the daily life of an empath so yesterday I got up and got my kids off to school at 7 30 I had my first client at 9 a.m and at 8 a.m my neighbor who's a new widow and is going through a lot in her life, and we're all trying to be there and supportive for her. She texted me and said, oh my God, my car's not working. Can you please take my kids to school? And I really couldn't because there was no way I could leave and get back with the 8 a.m. traffic in time for my 9 a.m. And I felt guilty all day about that. Does anyone else relate mm -hmm. to that? Like, I felt so bad that I, you know, like when you really want to help someone and you seriously can't, I just, I felt terrible about it. I couldn't shake that guilt all day. Is there like an essential oil I could have diffused to help with that niggling feeling of, oh, you, you could have made it work. You should have made it work. Well, I think that a lot of that is about that self-love. Um, I think that geranium would have been a, a perfect one, you know, to have diffused. Rose, again, is another one that I, um, I, I really highly recommend uh, because it is the oil of divine love. And so I really do think that we have to call on that divine love to help us with that love within. You had your day, and I can so relate. I have a neighbor myself that is widowed a couple of years, and she is elderly, and she is, um, is always um, needing something, and it's right out of the view where I sit and work. And so I understand that the guilt um, of seeing that she's watering her plants or cleaning her pool or doing things like that that are just like, oh gosh, I know that she so needs help. If I'm not healthy in and loving within, I'm not going to be around to help her. And so that's where you go with that 
divine love, which helps you create that, knowing that the guilt is your responsibility that you already had for the day. Right. It would be different now if you were going to head out to the beach and not help her. Right. <laughs> that, you let the guilt come in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, are there any oils we could just dot on our third eye and poof, our third eye is open? No, I'm kidding. But are there any oils that you recommend for intuitive development? I use frankincense every single day. That is the oil of truth. And I think that our third eye is our window into that truth. And so um, on my hands, as I am preparing for Reiki uh, clients, I always put um, a couple of drops of frankincense in the palm of my hands as I am warming up my hand chakras and putting the symbols and creating the space within my treatment room. Um, I use frankincense and then I always ask every client um, before I start if I can, and, and these are my words, can I anoint your third eye with a drop of frankincense? Because I think that the that is just such a hard-working, you know, it's, it's such a powerful oil, obviously. It's very ancient oil. And so knowing how if we can't see the truth, we can't really do the truth. So it's that window and that opening up that third eye with frankincense I do with every client. Beautiful. I love that. What about myrrh? Do you, I always couple those together. Do you ever put those together? I, I'm sure it's just the Catholic in me. I'm thinking if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that is, that is um, I, I do use myrrh, but I use myrrh more for me personally because it is the oil of Mother Earth. And so as a in the combination that you use together yes is definitely the catholic in you every catholic that i see is always like oh that takes me right back to mass and i say yes yes it's because the frankincense is going to open you up divinely really opening up that third eye and crown chakra you need the grounding properties of myrrh and um, how that really connects you back to the earth so that you don't get so heady and flighty that you kind of don't come back down to earth. And it helps with that balance, I would say. I love that. I don't like the smell of myrrh, but I still use it. Yeah, that's why it goes on my feet instead of up yeah. in my <laughs> third eye area. <laughs> it grounds me. That's just the way I look at it. Okay, you're going to ground me to the earth. I'm going to put you down here on my feet, flip my sandals on. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly how I use it too. So as you're getting into crystals and essential oils, you also started getting into Reiki and I'm so honored to be a part of that path with you. Could you talk about how you've used Reiki to enhance your intuition? Well, I think actually Reiki is what was that opening for me to step on the path that I was here to be on to begin with. See, it's the gateway um, drug. It is. It is absolutely, positively the gateway. And what it once I um, was in this alpha group that I uh, led for three or four years at our Methodist church. Every time I prayed with someone, um, we had a week, what we called a weekend away, and that really was calling the Holy Spirit in and, and helping you see your gifts and helping you define 
your purpose. Well, that's really, in hindsight, exactly what I was here to do. And so that was opening me up to go, okay, why are my hands hot every single time I pray with someone? And so in doing that, you know, wonderful Google search that we have all got so used to doing, Reiki. And of course, at the time, I did not, again, know how to pronounce it. Reiki is what a lot, of, a lot of people still to this day say to me, and it's like, no, it's Reiki. And understanding that that was the universal life force energy, I paralleled that to the Holy Spirit and went, oh, well, that's what I'm doing when I'm praying with people is I'm just calling down the divine energy through to people and asking them to be open to receive. So as I researched that and, and you and I, I had already um, had a reading, uh, for an intuitive reading with you a couple of years prior to that, I thought, okay, well, this she kind of does this too. So what? what is this? And of course, you know, as divine work happens, you were offering your Reiki 1 class. So in that Reiki 1 class, I was able to, from the attunement perspective, physically get my body ready to accept in at that Reiki 2 level the emotional attunement that that, you know, does. And I think that's when my gifts really were enlightened to the point to say, you really need to take this next step and do the master teacher because you're here to teach how simple this really is. If you just open up to it, that we're all, we all have it. We all have that divine universal life force energy. It's just through that attunement, opening up those gateways and that conduit. I, you know, a lot of people I say, okay, see your PVC pipe coming down from heaven straight through your crown chakra going out into your hand and take yourself out of it because you yourself are just the conduit. And so through these last seven or eight years of being on this path, what I've seen is when you really get out of the way, get your ego out of the way and allow that energy to come through, it opens those channels that we all kind of shut down in our humanness again. Um, our connection to the divine, we shut that down and we don't allow that in. And so I have found through Reiki that I am just, and I love sharing that energy and incorporating crystals and essential oils together because I see as a holistic, well, you know, the, the whole body aspect that that really does help with people find that inner peace and inner healing and that permission to go within and heal ourselves. You know, I always think to myself, like, what are we all so afraid of? Like, why are we so afraid to just be ourselves, to just say, yeah, I might be weird, but I really love crystals or oils, or I think I'm intuitive, or I think I'm connecting with spirits on the other side. What are we so afraid of? And I, I don't know what the complex or simple answer is to that question. I think we're afraid of just being our authentic selves and being laughed at and ridiculed. And sometimes focusing on a tool like an oil or a crystal or Reiki, it somehow gives us permission to step into our light, to step into who we are. And that's what I think is so beautiful about these these tools or these gifts that we're able to engage in on this path. Do you guys agree with that? Very much so. It's the tool is a conduit 
for the connection. Yeah, and I kind of look at it like letters at the end of your name. You know, like I would never let anyone operate on me unless they had MD <laughs> next to their name. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like having those letters, quote-unquote, behind your name of crystal therapist or essential oil practitioner or, you know, Reiki master, it kind of gives us our own permission. But one thing I always tell my Reiki students, and I hope I told you too, Beth, and I know you tell your students, <laughs> none of us needs a Reiki attunement. Do you know what I mean? Like that energy, your hands were heating up before you got the Reiki attunement. Exactly, exactly. And that is so, that is so much a part of what I teach. And it is a part of what you did teach. And that was, that was my permission to go, okay, this isn't something that as you're taught typically in a corporate religious setting, no matter what your belief system is or what, where you come from, it's you have to rely on this higher power and you are nothing, of, you know, you really have nothing to do with it. And creating that fear of, okay, I've got to, I've got to obey this higher power and really it is the that higher power is what lives within it. what we're doing in any of these attunements in my opinion is just opening those gateways opening that conduit opening that channel to say okay I know that I've got all this within and I know that I'm here to share it and I know I'm here to live it and I'm going to give you permission now to work through me and that's really all the attunements are is just turning that light bulb on within so that the energy starts flowing and you have a direction to to use it and to give you permission to step out of the way exactly that's the key now do you still go to your methodist church um i don't go there only because we have relocated out of that area um we are still um practicing in a Methodist format from that, from a religious perspective, I love the community. I love the, the rituals around that. I believe that that's where I am intended to meet a lot of the people that I can help remove some of the fear of their day-to-day -day living or their, you know, where, where they have experienced life up until now and take that fear of that away. Um, I think that's where God intends me to meet the people I'm supposed to meet is, is in that setting. So I do feel practice in that setting, just um, I'm also seen as a little bit weird in that setting. Well, that was my next question. I think the Methodist faith is a beautiful faith. I think they're one of the most open-minded of the Christian paths, which I love. Like, can't women be um, pastors in your church? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Women can be, yes, absolutely. And, it's, and it is, from being raised Baptist, and I attended a free will Baptist school uh, for many years, I um, had that you know, hellfire and damnation and fear talked to me um, daily. Uh, it was not taught at home um, because we, uh, that's where I learned all the love from. Um, but in school, that's really what I was taught. And so I see that in the Methodist church, and that's my husband was Methodist, was raised Methodist, and I thought, okay, I can do this. There's not a lot of fear here. You know, this is about community and loving one another and showing up and, doing Bible studies together and, you know, and testing that faith and, and, and it being okay to do so. 
that was the environment. And so that's why we really kind of still stay in that space. So when you meet people now and they say, oh, hi, Beth, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that question? You know, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. That's, that's, that's the elevator speech I have been rehearsing all week, knowing you were going to ask me that. And that is probably the hardest question today for me to answer because really what I try to do first and foremost is be a mom, which is hard for me to focus on. So being a mom, um, and I've just launched my bird out of her nest to attend her freshman year of college, which was a big break. And so, you know, now that has defined me for the last 18 years as being Margot's mom. So now it's like, okay, what do you do? Well, do you have a couple of hours to sit down and let me tell you? Well, nobody wants to hear that, right? Um, so I really have gotten down to the fact that I teach natural health and wellness. That's just what I do. I teach Perfect. natural health and wellness. And I That's have lots of answer. tools to be able to help you with that. And then we can go into the long conversation. I don't know if I already told this story, but my girls are always like, Mom, what do I tell people when they ask me what my mom does? And I'm like, well, just tell them I'm a teacher because I am. That's what I do. I teach. And they're like, all right, so Victoria is taking her driver's ed class last summer, and the teacher that she's driving with says, so what does your mom do? And Tori says, she's a teacher. Oh, where does she teach? Tori panics. She teaches at the community <laughs> college. Oh, so do I. What's her name? <laughs> so Tori came home, and she was like, I didn't know what to do because you haven't taught there in years, and I felt like I was lying. So I said, all right, just tell them I'm a stay-at-home right, mom plan. because I stay at home and I teach and I do readings and I'm a mom. But it's always such a hard question. Denise, I think you've gotten a lot better at answering that. You don't say consultant anymore. I do sometimes. It depends on the environment. It depends on I'll go intuitively. So when I did that thing at the fair a couple weeks ago and I was riding up on the shuttle and someone said, so why are you here? And I said, I'm here to do a presentation. And it just flew out of my mouth. Oh, I'm a medium. And the person got that twisted look on their face. And I said, yeah. Like yeah, demon. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And I kind of said, well, I talk to dead people. It's just kind of what I do. And I just, it just kind of glided out. Other times, it, it really, for me, I'm, I'm more open about, oh, I'm an intuitive. I'm a medium. Because this is my whole world now. But for many, many years, I would say I'm a consultant. I do grief work. I used the life coaching kind of moniker there for a while. So I, I think it's, I do it out of respect, though, because I've used this, I've told this before, that I worked with someone who was very, very uh, fundamentalist Christian for, for many years. And we would talk scripture, and we would quote the Bible, and we would do those things. And that person would never speak to me again if they knew this side of me. And I think that that's sad. I think it's beyond sad, but it was my, my respect for that person's belief system not to, it wasn't that I was hiding. I felt it was coming more from a place of respect. And I think that's kind of what you were saying, Beth, of you, you're able to bring this work in and collaborate it beautifully with the church because you're helping people find who they really are. And at the end of the day, that's really it, uh, Denise. That is, um, I, I struggled really um, in stepping into, it took me forever, and there, there's, you know, lots of coaching that I've had myself to determine, you know, what am I going to, you know, I, I didn't step on this path 
for a long time just trying to determine, you know, who am I? What is my business? How am I going to present myself? Who am I going to be? Am I going to be an intuitive reader? Am I going to be a doTERRA wellness advocate? Am I going to be a Reiki master? Am I going to, you know, go sit on the beach and draw sand sculptures? You know, it was like, (laughs) what am I going to be? And so it, it was very hard to come up with that, being able to step into that it, it, it is hard, but I see that part of me learning that was to be able to help people today step out of that stigma of we are supposed to be this or that. And um, when we can be accepting and, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I see in relating what I do to people that are within the church, you know, and my, you know, parents being some of them, is all that I am here to do is help channel divine love. That's it. That's all I'm doing. And whatever the person receiving it takes on is, you know, if that's where we are. And so tying those two together makes it easy. But, Denise, I know exactly what you're saying with that respect for others that I feel like there's hellfire and damnation if I said, oh, I talk to dead people. Mm-hmm. They would be like, oh, let you know, let's call in the call in the priest. Let's call in the preacher. We've right. got to you know do an exorcist over here. <laughs> so when people come to you now, what what do they get from you? Well, a lot of it is um, based on where they are and and what they're trying to work on. I have clients that come for stress relief, and they are just looking for that inner peace, and so they will get. Um, I check everyone's chakras as uh, with a pendulum as part of their intake and just kind of see intuitively, I know which chakras they are, but they, people like to visually see that. So I'll check their chakras and then we'll do, lay some crystals on. I work with seven crystals very specifically for chakras in a chakra kit that I do. But that is, I just call in that energy and it's about color and light and it's visually good for people to help bring that in. So um, everybody is, oh, you know, it's not like a massage. You're fully clothed, laying on a massage table. And I just lay that out and really just ask that people relax, close their eyes, and either watch the picture show that they were going to see through their images or just relax and doze off. The work is not mine and the work is not theirs. It's just allowing that connection. So um, after about a 30 minutes, you know, 30 to 45 minutes hands-on type work. We have a discussion at the beginning and the end of that, and there's so many aha moments by just me asking questions. So my work has gotten really into helping direct their inner work by um, the knowing and asking the questions and then just, you know, allowing that energy to work through their chakras and help release the the fears and uh, allow some of that freedom back in their bodies. Beautiful. So people come to you and maybe they don't even know why they're coming to you or what they want, but by allowing themselves to be energetically worked on and then hold you holding space for them, they kind of get their compass back. That is, that is exactly right. I have no two clients alike, no two that I do the same thing with. I think combining multiple tools and multiple 
energies. I also do oracle cards and, you know, that I, I will do in advance a, a, a little bit of a meditation on them to know where they're coming from. But it's really their work and guiding them to do that inner work themselves is what I find is the easiest to help people on that path. So what would you say to yourself, your 20 years ago self, sitting in the corporate field, wondering about this stuff? What would you say to her? Do not hesitate. Step on this path with the absolute confidence and freedom to do what you are here to do. That's what I would have said to her today. Well said. Do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. I think all three of us you hesitate. hesitate is lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As my mother would say. <laughs> and so now you've done this. You've stepped into your light. You're doing this work. You're, you've got the support of your family and friends. You haven't had to leave everything. You know, I know when I was first opening up and I was reading everybody's books about how they did this, it seemed like they had to walk away from everything to do it. And personally, that scared me. And I think you're just such a good example that you don't have to walk away from everything you hold dear. And No, you really don't. That and Denise's too. But you don't have to walk away from your faith, your friends, your family to step into your light. It's not an either or. Don't you agree? Very much so. I do, and I, I think that when people think it is either or, they're, they're forcing their light out, that it, it really is about that compromise and the balance, and it may take longer. You know, a lot of people, our society today is so instantaneous. Um, everything is at our fingertips, but really to do this work and do it well, it's really a lifestyle change, and we none of us really jump into making a lifestyle change a big one that changes everything and expect it to happen overnight. So I think opening up intuitively is the same way is thinking about a lifestyle change just like you would an eating change. Changing that, keeping those people that you love close and understanding that they're part of your journey and lessons also. Easing into it, it may take a little longer, but I found that when it does take longer, you are building a very solid foundation along the way versus jumping in and being on that maybe not quite so firm foundation. And that's where that fear and unknown starts to creep in and we will step off the path so quickly is when that foundation isn't firm. And I don't know about you guys, but I always hope that my choices are helping my daughters as well to make choices that are the best for them, not the best for their paycheck or their resume or, you know, all that external stuff. I hope that my choices are showing my daughters when you follow your soul's purpose, that's where you find your joy. And I think that's what you're teaching, Margot. Absolutely. And it took a long time for me to see that uh, because the first half of her life, I probably spent more time trying to redefine myself and be the corporate consultant, which I did the first, you know, six or eight years she was born and trying to find that way. She saw that struggle, but where she is today through her own struggles, she has seen that being true to yourself is really what is so important and allowing her to be the person that she wants to be has been challenging as a mom. Because she is not Beth Whitley, um, she's not, you know, she's not me, she's also not Steve Whitley. And 
So she's a real, I tell her all the time, she's a good combination of the two of us. She's got the best and the worst <laughs> of both of us. And But she is here also to teach. And so for me to allow her to be who she is in the format she wants to be in, although it's not exactly what I would choose at times, it is honoring me and her to do that. That has been a brave step that I have had to, you know, in that practicing what I preach, I've had to do that with her and allowing that space for her has been freeing for me as well as her. Well said. You put things so nicely. Well, your website is bethwhitley.com, but tell people where they can find you on social media and what they can find at your website and if you have anything coming up. Well, I am physically located in Emerald, North Emerald Isle, North Carolina. And so on Mondays, every Monday, we kick off the week with a chakra balancing and morning meditation to kind of set our intentions for the week. So that is a is an in-town local thing that you can attend. I have Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 workshops coming up in the fall that you can find on my website. And I have retreats planning in 2020 that is really exciting that I have uh, in the works for that will be up in um, the, the registration things will be on my website within the next month or two. For those in 2020, I see that as kind of the, the year of the 2020 is vision and uh, a lot of what my start was within the optometry world. So I'm going to use that as a, you know, let's, let's see what we can all do in um, that year. So that's a, a way to connect with me. And I do local retreats for women. I've got a, play, a thing coming up next week in Fredericksburg where I have been asked to put together some classes and be available for some healing sessions. So I'm also available for that. And all of that you can find on my website and the contact information there as well. I'm pretty accessible by phone. Um, and I would love to just, you know, continue to see who is the people I am meant to teach. That's awesome. I think you would be fantastic leading a retreat. I can't wait to hear more about that. So that's bethwhitley.com, W-H-I-T-L-E-Y. And we will put all of that information up on Facebook and in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us this hour. I've really enjoyed it. It's been an absolute pleasure, Beth. Thank you. Thank you, Denise, for allowing me the space to talk. I know I hope I didn't overtake uh, all, all the talking. And Samantha, I feel very honored to be able to connect back with you in this way and help share that light of Reiki and crystals and all those things that connected with me uh, and you in the beginning. It's, it's really great to see it this way. I know, it really is. I just love that this has come full circle and you're finally on that bridge doing the work you came here to do. I love it. So thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope, as always, you remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. Bye.